0: The architects of COVID tyranny were on Capitol Hill today defending their policies in the face of their overwhelming failure to prevent the spread of Omicron. So did they finally acknowledge the shortcoming of their policies? Nope. Apparently things are just fine. They know what's going on. They're great. They're geniuses. We'll take a look at reality and what they said and the disparate nature of the two in tonight's Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold The Line. I'm Buck Sexton. So you had Fauci and Walensky and some other bureaucrats up on Capitol Hill doing the whole, oh, we know what's going on. We we have the right plan here. Hold on. Hold on a second. Wait. You told us to get the shot and you're done. You get the shot. You don't get it. You don't spread it. This will end the pandemic. We get to 60%, 70% shots in this country and we'll have herd immunity. All these things that they said for months and months and months. They didn't just say them. They based mandates off of them. It was, we know what's right, and therefore, you don't get to question us. You have to comply. You have to obey. And then it turns out that wasn't right. It wasn't true. That wasn't reality. So what are they saying now? Well, if this was actually about science and getting it right and balancing liberty with public safety, if, if this was about an adult conversation where we are with COVID, you'd have a lot of people saying, we messed up. They might use a different word than messed too. And it's a catastrophe in a lot of ways. But we are now realizing that all the data shows we don't need mask mandates. We don't need vaccine mandates. We're going to give shots to those at risk. It is an individual's choice beyond that. And we go back to living our lives. They could do that, but they won't. No, no, doubling down on the Fauci-like madness is, of course, what they're going to do. I mean, here's old man Biden. Does anyone care what this guy thinks about anything? I mean, it's appalling. This guy's the president. Just be honest for a second. This is absurd. Here he's saying, "Oh yeah, sure, we're on the right track."
1: Are you concerned overall about the progress on the pandemic right now? Do you feel like your administration is not meeting the targets it needs to meet? Well, I am concerned about the pandemic just because it worldwide is not slowing up very much. And uh, thank God, what we've been able to do is I'm able, Mister Stupid, I mean, I've been able to. Uh, generate significant federal help in terms of folks both coming into the hospitals and administering all the help that these states need. That's what we're doing now, but I'm confident we're on the right
2: track. Thank you all.
0: The right track. If This is the right track. What does the wrong track look like? We have reached not only a peak in all-time cases in the last week or so, We've reached peak hospitalization in this country for COVID. I know the numbers are a little bit off sometimes in terms of who actually has COVID and who's there, you know, has it, and they're in the hospital because of it, or is in the hospital for a non-COVID reason and test positive, that's a whole other conversation. But we're still at all-time high hospitalization, so how can anyone say this is the way things are supposed to be? Well, it's because they just, what else are they gonna say? We're morons? We were wrong? Buck Sexton and people who believe him were right? They're smarter than we are. They're never going to admit that, but it's true. So you have the FDA commissioner, Janet Woodcock, um, admitting that um, most people are, in fact, going to get COVID. Wait, this is like what some of us have been saying from day one. Watch.
1: I think it's hard to process what's actually happening right now, which is most people are going to get COVID, All right, and what we need to do is make sure the hospitals can still function, transportation, you know, other essential services are not disrupted while this
2: happens.
0: Most people are going to get COVID. Wait, I I thought that a few months ago it was we got this, we're winning, we're going to shut down the virus. Remember the fundamental promise of Joe Biden when he was running for president we're going to shut down the virus, not the economy. The virus shut down, the virus is running rampant, all time high hospitalizations right now from COVID by their own data, by the CDC's data. This is not conspiracy theory stuff, friends. So, wow. Wow. And of course, there is uh, the testing shortage. If it were Donald Trump in, in office right now, they would be impeaching him. They, they would be invoking the 25th Amendment. They'd be doing everything they could based on the, uh, on this virus right now. And of course, I hope that Trump would not have put the mandates in place, trampled on freedom and constitutional rights. But of course, the psycho libs, the commies, they do that, no problem. Democrat Senator Nancy Murray's even saying, look, the testing shortage, if it were Trump, let's just be clear, they would freak out about the testing shortage, but it's Biden. Some people, though, are recognizing, how the heck do we not have enough tests? This is on Biden. Watch. But I am disappointed, as I said, by the testing challenges that we're facing. Uh, tests are hard to find. They're costly. People are unable to find the at-home tests in pharmacies, online. Uh, we're, they're waiting in long lines, um, and often
1: after that, waiting days for results. So it's, you know, ineffective.
0: Yeah. Now, you know, they also told you today on Capitol Hill that you're most infectious for two days before and two days after you show symptoms, two days before you show symptoms. So even if we had every man, woman, and child in this country with a test ready to go at any point in time, the virus would still be spreading all over the place, still be spreading. People don't even know they have the virus, and they spread it. The vaccine doesn't stop the spread. This is a friggin' disaster, obviously. But little Fauci's out there, you know, he wants a pat on the head from the people who own Vanity Fair and run CNN. So he's just saying, you know, Biden's done a good job. Watch. Has he done a good job? You know, I think given the circumstances that we're
1: in right now, I believe he's done a very good job. I really do. This this is an extraordinary virus the likes of which we have not seen even close to in well over 100 years. It is a very wily virus. It has fooled everybody all the time, from the time it first came in to Delta to now Omicron. Very unpredictable, and we're doing the best we possibly can.
0: Yeah, Abject failure is what he's done, little tyrant. We would have been better off, not just without Anthony Fauci in his role, without much of the public health bureaucracy at the federal level, making these determinations and proclamations. It's been nothing but divisive and destructive. Shutdowns? Shutdowns were idiotic. They were always idiotic, and they used to reject them based upon the health policy guidance. But, oh, you know, it was a Trump election year. Had to get everybody terrified and freaked out. And Fauci's also not just a tyrant, but a bureaucratic uh, infighter, an ambush artist, if you will, against other scientists who don't agree with him. Here is Senator Rand Paul calling out Fauci for, we have the emails. We got the receipts, as the kids say. Fauci was smearing scientists who didn't agree with him early on in the pandemic, had to shut them down. They turned out to be right, by the way, and Fauci, the little evil smurf, was wrong. Watch. A planner who believes he is the science leads to an arrogance that
3: justifies, in his mind, using government resources to smear and to destroy the reputations of other scientists who disagree with him. In an email exchange with Dr. Collins, you conspire, and I quote here directly from the email, to create a quick and devastating published takedown of three prominent epidemiologists from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. Apparently, there's a lot of fringe epidemiologists at Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. And you quote in the email that they, or from Dr. Collins, and you you agree that they are fringe. And immediately, there's this takedown effort. A published takedown, though, you know, doesn't exactly conjure up the
0: image of a dispassionate scientist. Fauci's the worst. We all know it. Rand Paul knows it. He went on to say, oh, Dr. Paul or Senator Paul, whatever. He is a doctor. Uh, People are making threats against me now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, whine about that to Rand Paul, who had a Bernie Sanders-supporting lunatic try to kill him with an AR-15 just a few years ago. Yeah, we we really need lectures on being in public life from Dr. Fauci right now. The worst. All right, we have more on this with the host of the Rob Smith is Problematic podcast, Rob, uh, the host of the Rob Smith is Problematic podcast, Rob Smith. coming up after the break. Let's talk about protecting the most valuable asset you own. You've got homeowner's insurance for good reason. Without it, fire, flood, or burglary could destroy you financially. There's another major crime your homeowner's policy doesn't cover. It's called home title fraud. The FBI calls home title fraud one of the fastest growing crimes, and it can ruin you financially, which is why you need home title lock. Title fraud happens when a criminal forges your signature on documents stating you sold your home to him. Then he takes out loans against your home and leaves you with the payments. You'll spend a fortune in legal fees trying to prove you didn't commit fraud. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect anyone from a cyber thief to a renter to a relative trying to forge their way onto your home's title, they help shut it down. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. Enter radio for 30 free days of protection. That's code radio at HomeTitleLock.com. The First TV's Rob Smith joins us when we come back.
1: Rosemary, that same research also suggests that the vaccine not only prevents people from getting sick, it also prevents
3: transmission of the virus from person to person. This one particular vaccine, the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, not only protects people, but it also Works to slow down contagion.
1: The idea that this is not just a vaccine that protects the individual, but that protects even people who are not vaccinated yet uh, because it
3: prevents transmission.
2: I would say, I think this vaccine's my gut feeling is, is that this vaccine's prevent infection and therefore will prevent transmission.
3: We are accumulating data that our authorized vaccines are effective against the variants that are circulating in this
2: country.
0: How much wrong can you fit into one? series of soundbites. You gotta wonder. Flashback when the mainstream media assured Americans that the COVID vaccine prevents transmission. Well, now we know that that just wasn't true. Despite that fact, leftists out there continue to push mandates that aren't really based in science, including Chicago Public Schools' recent decision to close its doors and return to remote learning, although now they've gone back to the classroom, fortunately. When can we get to the uh, rest of our lives and actually start living normally? Let's talk about it. The host of Rob Smith's Problematic podcast and. Contributor here at The First TV, Mr. Rob Smith. Hey, Rob, what's up, man?
2: Hey, what's going on, Buck? How you doing? So when do they
0: just start to say, we're sorry we were so wrong? I'm not even demanding they admit that they lied because maybe they really believed all this stuff. Although the pretense of certainty when it comes to policy decisions is almost as bad as a lie, right? There's no way they really could have known these things. Do you think that they, they pivot? How do they pivot?
2: Well, they're gonna pivot like this way. You've already seen the pivot starting, right? So now, if you've been consuming conservative or independent media, you have been seeing a lot for the past two years of what they're saying right now. They are now starting to admit that being vaccinated and boosted does not prevent COVID-19 transmission, right? Um, These are things that we have been talking about over in conservative media probably over the past six to eight months. And the thing that, that really irritates me the most is not so much that the people got the information wrong. We were all dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. we were just all trying to figure out which way to go. It's just that they were so sure of their truth, and they sneered at anybody who dared question the um, narrative that the mainstream media was putting out. And this goes not only with COVID-19 transmission and all that stuff, but think about when um, there was the information that the the, uh, coronavirus may have come out of that lab at Wuhan, remember when that was a conspiracy theory, and now there's reporting that realizes that that is the case. And so these people sneered at anybody that was asking questions about this. And you have to understand this is a political narrative, right? So they had to put us and they had to divide Americans into buckets. If you are a good little liberal and a good little Democrat that was gonna vote for Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris, there is no way that you could ever question anything that we are telling you about the coronavirus or these vaccines. Now that Biden has failed, he cannot shut down the virus, right? This is what he promised to do. Now that he has realized that he cannot shut down the virus. Now that we are all realizing that COVID is something that we have to live with. Now you're starting to see the pivot. They have pushed this as far as they could, even for their brain dead followers to continue to go along with. So now we are seeing the pivot. And now you've got them. I think that they're in Atlanta right now for this voting rights push, right? So now they're pivoting because they have lied over the past couple of years and people are starting to catch on to it and ask questions. And now all of us, Republican democrat anything in between are just tired of the coronavirus
0: meanwhile we've got the cdc in the background of all this right right uh, rob we've got a, a a situation here where they're telling us that they have to we have to listen to them now but for a lot of us we're paying attention the cdc has been an abomination i've been saying this now for 18 months going on two years well here's the former fda chief saying oh yeah the cdc kind of sucks watch
2: I think we made a mistake all along for the last two years looking to the CDC for guidance on how we were going to live our lives. When We really should have been looking to more local authorities for that kind of guidance. You know, ultimately, you need to reform the CDC. We need some kind of federal public health agency capable of doing this. But CDC was not that agency. And it's very hard for an agency to self-organize and reform itself in a setting of a crisis. CDC has been unable to do that. Sounds like failure to me. Yeah, it sounds like failure to me. And it also sounds like they're pushing for yet another government program because the CDC isn't working. So we need another federal program to fail. It's all quite ridiculous. And it's it's really funny that um the person, I believe that is one of the, the Pfizer CEO, correct? Yes, Borla. Okay, so that's the Pfizer CEO, and it's really funny to me that he's saying that you know the CDC has completely failed when we all are starting to realize this, and he's saying that at the same time that he's pushing for yet another government organization to, I guess, fail larger. I don't know. I just this thing. It is all very confusing to me. Um, I don't know if these people are evil or if they are just stupid, all right? I ask myself that question every single day. Ron DeSantis is getting it done meanwhile
0: down in Florida. Here he is just delivering his state of the state and pointing out that Florida, despite all the madness from Fauci, the CDC, the Biden regime is a free state. Watch this one.
2: Together... We have made Florida the freest state in these United States. These unprecedented policies have been as ineffective as they have been destructive. They are grounded more in blind adherence to Faucian declarations than they are in the constitutional traditions that are the foundation of free nations. Florida is a free state.
0: It is indeed, and the numbers show people wanna live in free states increasingly, not blue lockdown lunatic states.
2: Yeah, they do. Look, you know, Buck, you know, and anybody that follows me know, all my problematics know, I moved to Florida about a year and a half ago. I took two months of the lockdowns in New York City. After being a New Yorker for over a decade, I just could not take it. Uh, And even over the past, You know, 18 months, I see that some of the lockdown states are kind of opening up a little bit. You know, I kind of go back and forth to New York. I see that you guys are trying to get it together up there, but there is just such a difference in quality of life down here. And Floridians know that we have somebody that is in the governor's mansion that has our backs against um, these anti-constitutional these draconian lockdown mandates that are actually still happening these things are still going on in the lockdown states it is unbelievable that knowing what all that we know about the coronavirus over the past 18 months there are still teachers unions trying to shut down in-person learning in Chicago right there are still people advocating for lockdowns in places like Chicago and places like Um, New York and, and places like L.A., you guys still have a vaccine mandate and passport in New York City. It's all completely insane. This stuff has obviously not really helped anything. And the lockdown states are hit harder, if not as equally hard, as any of the free states
0: of the South. Rob, always clarity. Thanks so much. Good to see you. All right. Thanks a lot, Buck. The Fauciites might still be plotting new mandates, but a new poll shows that in the real world, people are worried about more important things like America's foundering economy. Coming up, the president of Penn Financial, Matt McCall, stops by to discuss why Americans are so concerned. First, I want to talk to you about protecting your online data. A lot of companies promise your privacy is guaranteed. We know that's not true. That's why you need a new privacy and security outfit called Secure. It's spelled S-E-K-U-R. Secure uses proprietary encryption and is offering secure instant messaging and email. With Secure, all of your communication is based on servers in Switzerland. No big tech prying and spying here, my friends. Secure will never mine your data, never ask for your phone number. You can send those most sensitive emails and know that no one's actually reading what's going on but you and your recipient. Secure is your solution to stop the constant theft of your digital identity. costs only $5 for the messenger, only $10 for the messenger and email combination package. Go to secure.com, take back your privacy today. That's S-E-K-U-R dot com. Use promo code BUCK for 25% off. We'll be right back with more Hold the Line. Ahead of the November midterm elections, we're now getting a better sense of what's top of the voters' priority list. A brand new poll found that 68% of adults say the economy is their biggest concern compared with only 37% who said it was COVID. So why is the Biden administration refusing to focus on the biggest issue for Americans? Hmm, I wonder if it's because they have no answers, don't know what the hell they're doing, and it's t- a total catastrophe so far. Let's ask a financial expert, though, and founder of Penn Financial Group, Matt McCall. Matt, my friend, good to see you. Great to see you, Buck. You, you kind of you summed it up there for me already. <laughs> it's a, a little bit of a mess, but like you got to help us wade yeah. through the Biden economic mess here. What's going on? The good, the bad, the ugly? Give it to me.
1: Well, you know, I, I'll give you a bit of an example of, of kind of the ugly of, of what's going on. You know, part of the $1.7 trillion bill trying to pass, you know, they're going to tax people to pay for $1 trillion of it. Within there, you know, part of that money is going to go to enforcing the IRS, hiring more enforcers, if you will. That's absolutely ludicrous to me. Why don't you actually do something and change the tax law from hundreds of pages, if not thousands of pages, and actually open it up so people can't find loopholes? It shows the way the Biden administration views things. They can't think outside the box. They have no idea what they're doing when it comes to economics. So they're just going to keep throwing money at the problem when in reality, just adding to the problem. So uh, from day one, he has not had a true plan. It's been tax, tax, borrow,
0: borrow, print money, and we're seeing where it's getting us
1: with inflation hitting all-time
0: highs. Yeah, I was going to say, on the inflation point, we had a lot of talk about that toward the end of 2021. I know we're just getting started here in 2022, but I mean, is there any reason to believe, Matt, that especially given the trajectory of what the, assuming if they get this build back better, whatever they call it, planned through at some point here, is inflation gonna go anywhere other than up? I mean, is, is there a realistic possibility that this essentially, we've seen the worst of it already?
1: You know, I'm gonna play the optimistic view that, that I think we've seen the worst of it, But the problem is that the only way to pay for the the plan you talked about, the only way to pay for what I think is going to be potentially more stimulus for a lot of people out there that refuse to work, not that they can't find jobs, that they refuse to work, is to continue to print money, is continue to tax the wealthy. And a lot of that's going to lead to inflation. Uh, We have somewhat of a booming economy under the ground here, but the government will not allow us to be really capitalist like what this country is built on. They keep trying to tell us what to do with our money, where to put it. We're going to take money from the rich, give it to the poor, the whole Robin Hood uh, scenario that we'll see playing out. So, no, if he, if, if he keeps doing that, and his administration does that buck, inflation's not going anywhere. Really, if he just shut up, closed the door for the next three years, we'd be fine on our own.
0: I want to have you react to Nobel Prize laureate in economics. Just kidding. Jen Saki talking about the expectations <laughs> for inflation. Watch this one. There is additional data that is coming out tomorrow, uh, and we certainly anticipate. um, Forecasters generally expect elevated inflation tomorrow, especially for the year-over-year measure, which includes high inflation from nearly a year ago when the economy was reopening. This in part reflects the fact that we continue to see consumer price increases for used cars. Ah, elevated inflation tomorrow. The way she talks about it, it's like, yeah, tomorrow might be a wintry mix, might get some flurries. No big deal. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's funny because she actually contradicted
1: herself because she said it's based on high inflation numbers of last year. So if you're already going off higher inflation uh, from last year, this number shouldn't be that but even increase. So she really just contradicted exactly what she was trying to say that shows her knowledge of economics right there, of just simple math. Um, yeah, and it's how they use cars. I mean, I just moved to Florida a couple of days ago. You can't find a house. You cannot find a car. And if you do find a car, you're paying way over MSRP, which is insanity. So she could, you know, put any coding on this that she wants. The bottom line is Americans are paying higher prices, some of the highest prices they've ever paid in history.
0: What is the situation of the supply chain issue? By the way, Matt, we've seen photos the last few days of bare shelves in grocery stores. We know there were supply chain snarls in November and December, the Biden administration had to talk about it. Is that still ongoing? I mean, you know, it's kind of anecdotal when you see empty shelves in one grocery store in one place but it does seem like that keeps bubbling up to the surface. People are talking about it more. Is that still happening and what's causing the supply chain issue? It, it is still happening. Uh, you can look really simply at the automakers because obviously when you build a car you have parts that come from
1: all over the world. Um, and cars these days have a lot of semiconductor chips that go into it, and there's still crunch. And you saw a lot of people with car sales down, that's why you can't find cars. The same thing about being able to find things on the shelves, you can't find cars in the lot. What is leading to that, there's several factors, but I think a very big factor is you cannot get workers. People are refusing to work. But keep in mind, you know, the, the last stimulus checks went out first half of last year. We had a little emergency credit for unemployment ended in September. Uh, the emergency child care taxes ended last year, so eventually, I believe the 10.6 million jobs that are open right now, people will get back to work. But I don't know. I, I don't know people personally. You and I probably don't, but I know friends of friends that refuse to work right now. When you have the ports in, in in you know California paying good wages and they can't get people off their butts to work, so we can blame you know China and everything else. It's not that. It's the fact that. This administration has made it okay to sit on your hands, rely on the government for money because that's how they get votes. You keep paying them. And we're going to see that happen forever. So unless we suddenly pull away that stimulus and get people back to work, this supply chain issue is not going away, But
0: And, and, and on the, the open jobs front, they, they like to talk about a very low unemployment rate. The Biden White House will like, say, oh, but the unemployment rate is so low. But I've seen that we have millions and millions of, of open jobs, what's, what's the cause of that? Again, I, I think, people, so too many people, um, you
1: know, they didn't spend a lot of money during a pandemic as they're getting checks you know, thrown on them. So they had a bunch of money and they started saving it. Well, you know, savings rate went from a typically around 8% to 33%. They had this money, but now again, that the spigots turned off from the government somewhat, they have, they're gonna run out of money but they, they've been living off the government. I mean, it's, it's like kind of staying at home. If your mom's gonna continue to make you dinner every night and let you live for free in a beautiful room, why the hell are you gonna leave? So I, nice. th- I, see it. I think that's what we're seeing right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, Matt, you, you know, sounds good to me, man. <laughs> yeah. you know, someone someone might help you with your laundry. They got nice meals getting yeah. made. And we didn't realize how good we had it back in the high school days, my friend. Yeah. Apparently now we have to go out exactly. and do, do it on our own. Just, just wanna real quick before we let you go, uh, yeah. What do you think the market's gonna do this year, given all these factors going on? You know, I'm optimistic. And and the reason I am is because
1: at the end of the day, corporations are sitting on more cash they've ever sat on, corporate profits are at the highest level ever, and we're led by innovation. Uh, What's gonna happen in the next 10 years, I'm calling the Roaring 2020s, we're gonna see an amazing um, convergence of of genomics come through, um, artificial intelligence, uh, electric vehicles, you name it, all coming together. So I think the market will do good despite what the government's doing to kind of keep it down. Um, So I think, again, capitalism will win out. Maybe I'm too optimistic, but I believe in this country, I believe in the entrepreneurs that we will come through and the market will do well.
0: Matt McCall, my friend, thanks for being here. Thanks, bud. Today is National Human Trafficking Awareness Day, which was established to shine a spotlight on the millions of men, women, and children who are trafficked and exploited each year, including right here in the United States. When we come back, Victor Marks and Jeff Teagues of All Things Possible Ministries join us to discuss their organization's efforts to fight the scourge of human trafficking. Stay with us. Every year, January 11th marks Human Trafficking Awareness Day, which is designated to bring nationwide attention to the victims of human trafficking. The crime has a lasting toll on millions of people, not to mention their families and communities around the world, including right here in the United States. Each year, organizations like All Things Possible Ministries provide training to volunteers and educational events in order to increase awareness and prevent exploitation. Victor Marks is the founder of All Things Possible Ministries and Jeff Teagues is the Chief Operating Officer, respectively. They join me now to shed some light on the issues and their efforts to fight back against this scourge. Gentlemen, thanks for being here with me. Good to see you. Good to see you too, Buck. Great to see you again, Buck. Yeah. So you gentlemen are both uh, veterans of the United States military as well. I know this is now your mission that you've taken on in civilian life. And it's a a very important one. Victor, let's start with you. Can you explain to the audience the scope of human trafficking and, and why we need to have a greater public attention and focus on this issue?
4: That's a great question. And, you know, I would start by saying if in our culture right now in the U.S., If one out of every three women you meet has been sexually assaulted by the time they're 18, and one out of five men, that's the epidemic that people don't wanna talk about. And it's the breeding ground for predators to be able to uh, manipulate, groom, and recruit uh, innocent victims into this heinous realm of sex trafficking.
0: Jeff, what does All Things Possible Ministries do to provide support for those who are tragically caught in this human trafficking web.
3: So Buck, like Victor was saying, understanding the baseline of this is what's happening behind closed doors in homes. And there's very little that we can affect with that. But once it comes out into the public, once once it's in the sex industry and it's online and these boys and girls, these women are being sold, we can see that it's an actual market. So one of the things that ATP does is we identify these victims that are being sold online. We, try, we, I put, we put a true identity to them, who they are, what their background is, who potentially the predator is that's manipulating and exploiting them. And we push those leads to law enforcement. So that is that has been something that we've been doing for years. But this this new strategy that we have that is coupled on top of that is redefining what a minor is. If you push a lead to law enforcement that identifies a girl that's under 18, any cop in America will take that. If she's 18 or older, it's much more difficult to prove that this is a trafficking charge and not just pimping or prostitution. So one of the strategies that we're laying out this year is called change the equation. And that is looking for legislation to redefine a minor in the sex industry, in the commercial sex industry from 18 to 21. And that will absolutely disrupt this crime and it'll protect our children because these predators are getting their hooks into our kids when they're 13, 14, 15 years old, many of them are literally waiting, Buck, until their 18th birthday to turn these girls out because they're afraid of these sex trafficking penalties that are automatic that automatically come with sentencing. So if we can push that commercial sex, you can't buy a woman until she's 21 years old, anything below that's a minor, we'll cripple it.
0: Victor, the law enforcement resources for this issue and the coordination, not just with national governments, but across national boundaries, including at our southern border, uh, how, how much of the resources that you think are necessary to this are going to the issue and
4: what needs to be done differently? Again, that's, that's a question people want to understand and need to know without uh, you know, right now we just posted a video online that said we're doing the work the government is not. And we need the administration to understand a lot better uh, or be honest with themselves that without hindering this flow of immigrants into our nation, uh, there are so many that are being trafficked and abused. We were actually there and recorded men bringing children in. Uh, remember, we had Envy recording this so that they would pay the consequence. So I think a lot more resources, and for goodness sake, let's just get good leadership in positions that will make a difference because they care.
0: And Jeff, can you speak to the issue of human trafficking specifically across our southern border and the possible role of the transnational uh, transnational narco traffickers, the cartels?
3: It is a highly organized system that they're moving these these kids and these women. A lot of what we're seeing on the border is, is human smuggling. So what I mean by that is the children are being reused. The, 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 the kid is your free ticket into the United States. So you'll see a kid come across the border, return to Mexico, come across the border, return to Mexico. But, but Buck, what I'm really concerned about, what ATP is really concerned about, is the traumas that all of these women and children endured on the way here. Those things are gonna rear their ugly head in the next couple of years. That's another reason why we've got to redefine what we're paying attention to. You talk about resources, there's a lot of resources that are getting pushed to minors. I'm using air quotes, minors. But somebody under 18 is still extremely vulnerable. Somebody under 21 is extremely susceptible. We know with science and research that the frontal cortex of your mind withstands, withstands, withstands much more damage when you're 16, 17, 18, 19. So we've got to protect these kids. My biggest fear, in addition to just our culture being eroded through with this unchecked migrancy, is the trauma and the after effects that these boys and these girls are gonna be demonstrating in the years to come. Yeah,
4: this this makes it easy for predators to identify, target, and groom. And I, I think that's, uh, the American people need to understand that. That's why it's important that effective counter-trafficking and those like us who are doing combative toward pedophiles uh, it makes the difference. And uh, Victor, can you speak to just what your
0: All Things Possible Ministries does to try to help with the victims in terms of, uh, you know, trauma reconciliation and, and, and assistance to them with the PTSD and the
4: other uh, implications of what they've been through? Absolutely, I, you know, I think of a quote by a pimp that I uh, heard, he said, I appreciate the fathers and the stepfathers preparing the girls for us, and uh, I can speak from personal experience. My father, my biological dad, was actually a pimp, and I suffered as a kid, um, you know, sexual abuse and was left in a cooler to die. So therefore, I understand the trauma that a person faces, and without helping, because people always there's there's a lot of us put on rescue and recover, and we've done that from. The Middle East, to Southeast Asia, to south of the border here, but without helping someone get their mind straight, helping them deal with the trauma, it will create uh, just a slew of other problems, from relational issues, to drug addiction, to again, being very susceptible to being trafficked, uh, gremlin trafficked.
0: Jeff, how can individuals watching this right now and on this day, meant to raise awareness, uh, help with your organization? So what we're looking to
3: do is get people to sign this Change the Equation campaign. It's at victormarks.com forward slash change. We've got to protect our children. So I don't think it's unreasonable to say you can't be involved in the sex industry. You cannot sell your body or someone else sell your body until you're 21 years of age. I don't think that's unreasonable. I think this is a bipartisan issue that we're really looking forward to people picking up. So that's what we're looking at nationally. But this needs to start at the local level. Local communities can make these ordinances. States can begin to uh, to look at this. Uh, Texas, Louisiana, and other states have already looked at stuff like this. You can't work in a strip club till you're 21. We we want to ride this idea of development and protecting our children until their minds are more developed. And these traumas that ensue through the sex industry are not lifelong lasting. Yeah, you've got um, you've, yeah,
4: thank you. No,
0: no, no, all uh, by, 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 do you want a final well, just word to you,
4: say, You've got, you've got uh, incredible women watching right now that know what went on in their teenage years. And if it could have been stopped or not had to deal with in, until an adult, they would have made better choices and been protected. And that's what we're trying to do. So if people go to our website and sign up on a petition that we're putting out, we'd like to get a million names so that we can start pressing into the legislation that would make a difference. And this hasn't been done before, so we need your audience to be part of it. Gentlemen, thank you for your service to your
0: country before and your service to the world now. We appreciate it.
3: Great to see you, Bob, thank you.
0: It was 24 degrees in Fairfax, Virginia today. Teachers at an elementary school were seen reading a story to children outside. 24 degree weather. We'll get into the science behind that coming up in Quick Hits, my God. MSNBC host Joe Scarborough, of all people, mocks Stacey Abrams for not showing up to the Biden event in Georgia today. And Pfizer CEO Bordlaw says his company's two-dose vaccine provides limited, if any, protection against Omicron. Oh, wow, look at that. I guess we could finally have a conversation that involves the truth instead of the bullcrap propaganda out there. Yeah. All right, but let's start with this. Um... One of the biggest problems I've had with Fauci all along, and all the people that support him, Fauci is really just now a catch-all term for everyone, including Dr. Anthony Fauci, who goes along with this, more and more and more restrictions as if it does anything positive and doesn't have a negative effect. Nonsense, right? This is garbage, and they just can't admit that they're wrong, and they can't admit that they're actually abusing children. Let me tell you what I mean. If a kid forgot his homework, and you made that child sit outside in 20-degree weather as punishment, you would rightfully go to prison. I mean, they would arrest you for that, right? Child abuse. But here are parents filming teachers reading to elementary school children outside in 24 degree weather because they're so scared of the virus. Watch.
2: She is reading a story to all these kids sitting outside in hats and coats and gloves. It is 24 degrees outside
0: 24 degrees this is absolutely unacceptable unacceptable It's child abuse that's what it is it's child abuse let's call it what it is where's uh the intrepid anthony fauci on this one why is he saying yeah you really shouldn't do that that's like what psychopaths would do stop being cowards all right you're vaccinated your kids they shouldn't be freezing outside because you can't get a grip libs get a grip Joe Scarborough, speaking of libs who can't get a grip, although he's actually right on this one. and We give credit where it's due, pointing out that Stacey Abrams doesn't want to share a stage with Joe Biden because there was this event today in Georgia and Stacey Abrams that Biden was going to. Stacey Abrams didn't want to show up. We all know why. Watch. Politicians show up with presidents when they have 52% approval ratings. Politicians don't show up with presidents when their approval ratings may be in the 30s in a state where they want to be elected governor. Or there's another reason. Are you get the tires rotated, and right now in the middle of COVID, that's kind of hard. I mean, I just don't know. I would say this about, like, whatever. This is is politics 101. I find it fascinating, and it speaks less to Stacey Abrams. It really does than it does what she perceives Joe Biden's political standing to be in the state of Georgia right now.
4: That she's not showing up in an event that was custom-made for her. He's right. Just because Joe
0: Scarborough says it doesn't mean that it's left-wing propaganda meant to amuse the libs by pretending to come from the mouth of a pseudo-conservative. He actually is saying something true there. So, when it's true, we say it's true. Pfizer CEO, this was amazing. If I had said this even a month ago on social media, I would get another one of those strikes for misinformation. The independent fact checkers, people are morons. Here's the Pfizer CEO saying his company's two-dose vaccine for COVID provides, well, watch him say it. Uh,
3: And we know that um, the the two doses of the vaccine offer very limited protection, if any. The three doses with a booster, they offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and deaths. Uh, Against deaths, I think, very good. Um, And less protection against infection. Now, we are working on a a new version of our vaccine, the 1.1, let me put it that way, that uh, will cover Omicron as well. And, uh, of course, uh, we are waiting
0: to to have the final results. The vaccine will be ready in March. A vaccine in March for Omicron. Who's gonna wanna take that one, by the way? Well, obviously the crazy libs will, but for the rest of us, uh, will this have already burned itself out? Well, pretty much more than half the country have already been infected with Omicron at that point. So now we're gonna get vaccines for it. And you're gonna get that vaccine so that then you can get a new vaccine when there's a new variant next fall. Because how many variants have we already had? Folks, we are not lab rats. Enough is enough. The libs need to get a grip. And Fauci needs to retire. Fired, preferably, and then go out into retirement. That's the end of it, friends, for today. All the line is done. The no spin news with Bill O'Reilly is up next. Shields high.